Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Colin Demands Answer Show every Tuesday and Friday. If you guys have not already subscribed to the Colin Demands Answer Show to stay up to date with the best new host in podcasting, have interesting different types of conversations with different types of people. This is episode 31 with Quincy. We talk about the creative process, what it's like to be a rapper in the Portland area, and even the difference between good and evil in a philosophical sense. If you guys stay till the end, you guys can hear an interesting rant that I have. All right, guys, this is episode 31 with Quincy. Okay, um, welcome. I know you as Darnell, but uh, everyone else and how I'm going to introduce you is Quincy. So we can start with that, actually, before you introduce yourself even. How did you get that name? Has that been a nickname for you, like, your whole life, or did someone give it to you like lately? Like, How did you get that name, Quincy? Honestly, it uh, came from my dad when he was in high school. That's the name he used to go by. Um, I... I knew of the name and it was kind of something I wanted to carry on for him uh, with doing all this music and stuff. Yeah, so it kind of just came from uh, me wanting to put on for my dad and stuff like that. Is there anything like significant behind the name or was it just his name? Like, why was he called that? Do you, do you know the story? I believe he grew up on Quincy Street and like that was kind of where it came from. Yeah, back when he was living in Virginia when he was younger. So where are you from exactly? I don't think uh, I knew this. Charleston, South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay. So, yeah. and you're living where now? Uh, Hillsborough, Oregon. You're still living in Hillsborough. Okay. Yeah. How did you go to Pacific for when you did, go, did you go for football? Yes. Okay. So that makes sense. I was like, did you grow up in South Carolina or did you grow up somewhere else? I uh, grew up all over, honestly. Uh, I was born in South Carolina. Then I moved to Georgia then Germany. Um, after Germany, I went to Louisiana, then Hawaii, then I moved to Washington, then down to Oregon. Nice. Um, that's a lot of places. I have really only lived in two places ever. I lived in, I lived in, um, so I lived in Henderson, Nevada, which is basically Las Vegas. And then I lived in forest grove basically that's the only two places i ever lived though like i visited a bunch of places like i have family in boise so i've been there quite a bit and i visited family in iowa when i was younger my dad's parents lived there but other than that i basically have only lived in two places so what is it like growing up in like different places like that and like like moving not like i'm moving a lot but what is it like growing up from place to place you know honestly it's pretty um it, it makes you think about a lot of things differently. Like I've had to meet a lot of people growing up just because, you know, it moved and trying to be social and stuff. So you tend to take a lot from the different places that you've lived. But I mean, I can't say anything negative about it exactly. It just, it's definitely something I don't want to do later on in life, like moving around a lot. But it gave me a lot of experiences for sure. Is there any one lesson that you can remember on the top of your head that like you learned from living in a whole bunch of places like, or one place specifically? Is there one life lesson that you have learned just living in a bunch of places, you know? Uh, essentially just taking people as they are and not making your own assumptions of them because you never know what someone's background is. You never know where they came from before, what their life was before you met them. So you kind of just have to take them as they are. You can't really make your own assumptions. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I've always figured it's like, it's better to 
Because I guess, like, not that I was, like, naive growing up or anything, but, like, I kind of, like, always, like, thought you could see the good in everyone, you know? And, like, everyone was always good. And, like, growing up and, like, having, you know, people betray you and stuff, um, what I've learned is that you can't do that. Like, you have to take people for what they are. Like, you don't have to – you don't give them assumptions or anything. They're not necessarily good or bad until you know for sure who they are. You got to take it with a grain of salt and everything, and you got to – basically like learn from the wounds you know i've been i've been betrayed a lot of times and each one of those betrayals is almost like a wound on your psyche almost and it's like you almost gotta like bandage it up and let it heal and and learn from those so that you don't you know fall down and scrape yourself again right but how did you get into music so have you always had a passion for making music or is it something that you just like kind of fell into because I've talked to a lot of people who do a lot of creative things and some people just say, Oh, that I kind of fell into it. Like I kind of fell into podcasting almost, I would feel like. Um, but some people like have always had a passion for it. What, which circumstance or what side of the line are you kind of sitting on? Honestly, <clears throat> honestly, like I always had an interest in music. I did band in sixth grade up until my senior year of high school. So it's like, I've always had a passion for it, but I've never, thought that I would actually be creating music until about January this year. Yeah, like, I never took it seriously. I'd always be you know, freestyling and stuff with the homies, but it was never something I thought I'd be trying to do, like, for real. Um, what instruments did you play in band? Uh, I was percussionist. So I, yeah, I remember band had percussionists and then jazz band had the drummers. Right. percussionist for drummers and jazz band i was i played viola in orchestra and okay. then i played guitar in jazz band okay that's what's up so growing up i i loved music too i still like making music you know that um mm -hmm. i music was like kind of my first thing that i kind of got into um i guess like i would always write like do make little movies and like do stories and stuff write stories i guess but like music was kind of like my first love like writing songs you know stuff like that I'm making music and then during high school I started making music and everything and with actually my friend Jake who's now Avion uh who's uh he's actually getting pretty big and so he um and he uh basically we started making music and then like I uh I always found that forget why I was saying this oh it doesn't matter um but uh basically like I think I was saying this because percussionists drummers guitar viola i found that making music is it's very interesting because like you can take it a very certain different ways you know you can take it whatever which way you want um like and like i like how like new age hip-hop actually kind of brings all different types of music into it like you hear a lot of like maybe you hear some like orchid like string instruments in the back or you'll hear like some drums like actually like rock and roll kind of rap type stuff so I always felt like music is one of these like creative things that not all different types of people can do, but you can bring your creative creativity to, to do and like create something of your own. You know, music is always evolving. And I guess that's true with all types of art, but music for sure. Right. So would you say that you're just mainly rap or are you, are you going to try to like do different types of things with your voice and everything? Um, <clears throat> honestly, lately I've been experimenting. I haven't really dropped anything in the past uh, month and a half or so. I've just been spending a lot of time trying to get my sound down, like my mixes down. But I've been experimenting a lot. Like, I kept telling myself when I started, oh, I can't sing, I can't sing. It's like, you got to stop doing that. Just try it. You never know. 
so I've just been, you know, trying to hit all the all the different things on the charts. My um, one of my favorite things about making music is that if you edit it a certain way or if you hit the right things, um, it one it can sound beautiful, mm-hmm. and two like there's so, I was telling this on my podcast with Jake listeners if you guys haven't listened to that go check it out, um, but basically. Uh, we were talking and I was saying there's nothing like the feeling of when you're making a song and you hit that perfect spot and you're just in the zone and it just kind of flowing and you just get that like almost like dopamine rush and you're just like and that feeling only musicians and people who create music understand what I'm saying it's like this feeling of awe you know and it's like you're like it's one of the only things that I've ever experienced where like it drops you right in that moment at that specific time Mm -hmm. you know yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like um, making making everything myself, it's been definitely a grind, but I I enjoy it because there's a lot of experimentation that you get to do. Okay. So um, it's definitely been a grind, but through through having to do everything myself, I get to play around with all the different, you know. Uh, effects and everything so when you find that one thing that works or it sounds weird maybe at first and then you give it a chance and it sounds like you know something you never heard before but you know just playing around with everything it definitely makes it uh enjoyable music's cool too because like it's one of the actually you know what this is just art creative art in general it you can really bring who you are and your past experiences into it like i think it's really cool when like an artist just in general, whether it be musician, art, painting, um, writing, they take their past experiences and they make it something new, maybe fictative. I don't know if that's a word fiction, like, you know, they make it not true. And, um, but like they like alternate it and they like talk about their past through music, like whether it be, um, like hip hop for people like I love when Meek Mill is doing like his like type of flow when he's talking about growing up and or even like even Lil Wayne in his own style and honestly all new age rappers kind of do that and I also like how like when you see it in movies like movies of past like one of my favorite movies that I was talking to on my last podcast with Mitch go check it out again um we were talking about the movie 1917 that's like one of my favorite movies have you seen it I have not actually. You should check it out. But it's like okay. a World War One movie and it's like all kind of one scene and it's like following this guy. I mean it's a crazy movie. But it's like cool because like I feel like there's this draw to like history and like past experiences that we have and like if you can like take that, whether it be history of the country, history of your family, history of you, and make it into this creative thing that you hold in your hands, I think it's like that's what really draws people in. Right. Um do you rap like a, about your past or you just kind of rap? You just kind of feel it in the moment. Um, I definitely go, go both sides. Uh, sometimes I'll take, I'll take my time with it and I'll actually like put the pen to the paper and, you know, really think about it. Other times I'm just, you know, vibing to the beat, whatever comes to my mind, like it makes sense. But I'm lately I've been trying to, get my lyrics more uh that more substance i guess not just a bunch of nonsense yeah um there's a time and a place for both i think you know depends on the song um 
like because sometimes you can just be rambling and just people will like if it's the right beat you know one of those exactly. drill beats right um and then sometimes i feel like there's more storytelling type beats and then sometimes there's more singing beats so i like exactly. that you're trying to engage in all of it it's really hard i one of the reasons i want to have you on too is because um whether or not people are like huge or not you know uh it's good to, to have people on who um, are pursuing something that they love. So I was telling this to almost everyone. I love when people have their energy, positive energy focused in something like growing. You know, I'm not going to get into the whole OnlyFans thing, but specifically for my guy friends, like I have friends who are like, my friend Scales is now a celebrity barber. He, he cuts the Raiders up. Uh, my friend Jake is blowing up making music. Uh, my friend Sal is a writer for Smash Magazine. And he's not huge, but he, he's doing his own thing. Um, my friend Nate is a fighter. Uh, you're making music. You know, I have people who, like, whether or not they're huge, they're doing something creative. And I, like, I really like that because, like, you know, there's only a few things. Like, one, you only have so much time on this earth. This is something Bobby was really talking about. You only have so much time on this earth to not do something you want to do for, like, have fun. Excuse me. And two, like, put your positive energy into something if you like it. Like, be like people who are creative if they're not being creative like it literally like kills them like if i'm not doing something that like gets my creative energy out i literally just fucking willow over i hate like not doing something even even like i feel like that's like why most people listen to music you know or watch sports because it's people doing something they can't do um gaming you know it's just like it's getting that energy out and i would say that most people aren't creative like super creative but some there's a creative element in everyone that like is stirring up you know and so like with you making music it's really cool because like you're you're at least trying, you know, you're doing something that you want to do and you're putting your energy into it. And I really like that. That's, it's really cool to be around people like you. So thanks for coming on again. Yeah. I appreciate um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but would you say that, I don't like talking about haters a lot, but would you say that people, when you first started making music and stuff were like wishy-washy, like, I don't think you should do that. You're like trying to tell you how to live and stuff. Would you say that? Yeah, most definitely. Like, um, a lot of people were listening to it. Like, uh, I don't know if this is it. And I'm like, I mean, that's cool. If that's your opinion of it. But I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to get better. Like, if you look at my my whole catalog from beginning to now, like, you just hear nothing but progression. So, that's what, mainly what I'm focusing on. So. I'll tell you this. Um, my first podcast ever was. Uh, I sat down. I might or might not have been tipsy. I can't remember. Um, but I sat down because my mic was fucking up. And I was talking. And I just started talking in the mic. And I posted it on SoundCloud. And I called it What the Fuck We're Calling. And it was god awful. It was literally the worst thing ever. It, my podcast didn't start getting actually decent until uh, I got onto Podbean. And um, even then, it was like... I, you couldn't see the other person like it was it was trash and like even now like now that it's like my podcast is exponentially growing like i'm i have fans now like I, people are actually listening to this podcast and it's really cool so shout out all you guys who have supported me since i was dog shit but what i'll say is people even now like are finally are like are fi like there's some people who like didn't want to give me credit before who are now taking me seriously and there's some people who still have it and then when i keep getting bigger they will you know so what i'll say is you can check that over what i'll say is um don't worry about um, 
what other people are and don't even compare yourself to other people. Just if you're getting better, you as a person, if you're getting better than you yesterday, you're doing better. So just compare yourself to you. And that's honestly for everyone. I've said this on a couple of my podcasts. If you're better than you yesterday, then you are succeeding. That is succession. That is, that is, that is you getting better. That's not, actually that is succession is you versus you. Lately, I feel like it's me versus me. Can't remember who said that, but that is a great line because there's nobody else in this world who can compete with you. Now being having competition, like in the workforce or in a game or something, that's fine. But what I'm saying is don't compare yourself to someone who's fucking already made it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, so what I feel like a lot of people do is they take interesting things that are happening to them. Like I was saying, and make their music. Do you have any interesting stories <laughs> in your lifetime? I'm sure you do. You want to, sh- that you can share. Um, shoot, man. Um, I don't know. Just everything kind of, it's just been lessons, like, uh, one thing that happened a couple years ago, I got a car, maybe a month later, this dude was running from the cops, and he was you know, drunk and high and all of that stuff, and he ran into my car, totaled it, yeah, uh, he got arrested, he's still in jail, so supposed to get some money back from that, but I don't think I'll ever see it, but it was just crazy to me how, like, every time... You know, you think everything's going good uh, down a certain path, and then something just comes in, messes it up. But eventually, it taught me that you can't really take everything that happens in life as a negative. Sometimes it'll work out in the end. Yeah, but de- no, keep going. Uh, it's definitely. I don't know. I'm not really trying to. I'm trying to answer your question without saying too much. I guess. Yeah, but um, I guess as a whole throughout life, there's just been a lot of things that I tend to prefer to take as lessons versus uh, something happens. Um, yes, there's everything. You know what? I'm going to shout out Coach Falk because I don't do this much, but he – this is his whole thing. It's um, reaction versus like thinking about your actions, like thinking about it. You can react to the world and be on default uh, to the events happening, but how are you going to act? You know, how are you going to react to it? And it's really taking a moment to think of the circumstances around you and whether or not they're affecting your life or if you can make something out of it. So one of the coolest things that I've learned this year with COVID. So I've had, I haven't played a football game in two years. I've had two, I've been injured uh, so freshman year was the last year I played. And now I'm going to my junior spring semester and we're probably not going to play. And, and I'm just like itching to play. And I'm like, I just want to play. Like I've been injured. And what it's taught me, what COVID taught me was that, hey, I actually am kind of good at podcasting or I'm actually could do something else with my life besides go to school and play, play football. Um, you know, I've always been set on law school and, you know, I still kind of want to do that, but I was just, I even said to my dad today, I was like, you know, this next year, my senior year, I'm gonna have to really sit down and think about what I want to do because like, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, I like, I really, when I do podcasts, I leave. And like I said, I fell into it. I leave though, like to go do whatever I'm going to do that day, just smiling for the rest of the day. You know, and sometimes when they're not the greatest podcast, you know, it hurts a little bit. I'm, I'm bummed. But even that, you know, it's like 
even that shows me that like I care about it so much, you know, and who, who thought that I was going to care about something like, like I, I didn't even know that I could do this, you know? Right. And so it's really made me think that, you know, I got to start like doing one, doing things that I want to do because I, cause like, who knows, you know, maybe you could make money off podcasting and two that, things when things happen in your life even a global pandemic can be a sign from god you know for you to do something else i don't know if you believe in god but i think it's too much to not so that's what i've learned exactly yeah i definitely agree with you on that one so have you had any prophetic dreams are you a prophetic dreamer i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you i don't really know what you mean by that like, like, do you dream like crazy dreams? Do you have crazy dreams? Um, honestly, I don't. I get asked that question a lot. To be honest, I don't dream. I don't dream often. See, some people, like a lot of people that I know, say that. Um, but I have some crazy dreams all the time, and it's probably because I don't smoke. And I know that a lot of people who do smoke uh, don't have dreams because it's. I don't know. I learned that, but I don't smoke, so. Um, and I, so I have crazy dreams. Like I have really crazy vivid dreams. Like the one, like I can really remember was like, I was at this big lake and I was going down this huge water slide. And there was this like hundred foot stingray, like swimming underneath. And like, I wasn't afraid to go down into the water, but like, it was just so prophetic and it was like this mountain and it was just crazy. And like, so I was just wondering, I, I've always wondered like people who, if people who create things are have these crazy dreams like I do, because like, like I said, I just like, will sit there sometimes. Like I'll wake up and I'll be like, bro, what the hell was that? You know? Right. Do you remember any dreams? Uh, yeah, there's definitely a couple. Most of them are. Go ahead. What happened? I was just going to say what happened. In one of them. <clears throat> Most of them are just like, uh, like memories, I guess. Like I don't really dream about anything that, as it happened, like it's mostly just memories and stuff, like things that happened a long time ago that I don't necessarily think about on the regular. Do you want to give us an example? Um, I don't know. One time, like I was flying from South Carolina to Germany on one of those big like military planes. And I was just remembering like sitting in the plane, looking at the truck, like looking out the window. And I don't know, it wasn't like, I was walking around or anything. I was kind of just like stuck in my seat and just looking around and stuff. But that happened when I can't even remember how old I was. I want to say five or six, but it just came back out of nowhere. I haven't thought about that in years. Isn't it crazy? Two things. Isn't it crazy how one, like you could just be doing something like random in your life and then all of a sudden a memory when you're seven just floods your mind or right. even like the same thing about a dream like you could be doing something you could be showering then a dream just floods your head from like right. two years ago and you're like where the hell did that come from you know like memories are crazy we can get into that we can talk about memories for a little bit i don't understand how memories work because like i've heard that memories every time you have a memory it's actually a memory of you having the memory you know Mm -hmm. so like it, it actually kind of changes and stuff so false memories are really prominent and stuff but it's just crazy how like there's a section in our brains or maybe the entire brain that is stored for he, like past important past events you know right 
What do you think about memories? What do you think they are? Um, what do you think they're used for? I definitely think they're important in the sense of understanding your your foundation. Because I don't think you're going to remember anything that doesn't necessarily have any importance to you. Like, um, there's a lot of things that, I don't know, even if you talk to your parents or something, they'll bring up and you'll be like, when did that happen or something? Like, just for example. So I feel like there's a lot of things that you're remembering for a purpose, whether you understand it in that moment or not. I think memories too could have come from like evolution, obviously, because like if you didn't remember something, you'd die. Like before, like there were like, we were like evolved and everything, but when we were like really just coming out of trees and being primates and stuff, if you didn't remember doing something or something that killed you before, like a mushroom or something like, oh, don't eat that. If you don't remember that it killed Bobby, you know, then you you would die too. So I think memories definitely like evolved to be something that, um, that like helps us not die. But I think there's more to it than that. I think memories have something to do with our, I don't know if you are a believer in energy or power or souls or anything like that but i think memories have something to do with important things that your soul or your energy either needed to learn or needed to grow bigger you know right so like if you're sitting in your this is actually not even my my um thought but if you're sitting in your body it almost feels like you're you're something sitting inside a body looking out through the eyeballs it doesn't feel like this is you you know right it feels like you're looking out using this. So what I think memories are, or when something prophetic happens or something important happens in your life, it um, ingrains like a little screw in there so that you can come back to it to learn for the future. But then it starts to make you think is then like, then you start to think of like, do you, are you a determinist or do you believe in determinism? Do you know what that is? Uh, Give me an example. Everything happens for a reason. Like it's basically everything's going to happen. Like everything happens. Like everything's already planned out. There's a plan and you're on the line and you really don't have any free will. Um, <clears throat> I, would, I, I would say I believe that to a point. I feel like you, you have ability to change whatever destined outcome is uh your like your life is set on already i'm not saying that you control your destiny or anything like that because like you never know what's going to happen but i feel like as long as you are always doing what you can do to make that dream or whatever it is happen or come true you're eventually going to either you're going to learn something or it's going to happen like you're never going to lose anything from trying yeah, and then it comes to the thing like, but then it starts to blow my mind. Like, so if you have a plan, right? Mm -hmm. You have a plan. There's a line like you can go from this box to there, right? That's my line. And then all of a sudden, like, do okay. So when you become when there's a choice, right? Say you you that you become to a fork in the road. I'll describe it so like the listeners can hear. You get to a fork in your own your life, and you can choose A or B. Let's say you get a job opportunity at A firm or B firm, right? And A firms in Germany and B firms in America. And so that's automatically going to change where your line goes, right? right? And you choose A firm and you go to Germany. Mm -hmm. 
and then another fork in the road comes and then another and then another and then maybe who to marry have a kid you know do you think that your line starts where it is and always ends where it's supposed to or do you think that there are like do you think it just goes you know but always ends where it needs to like do you think it zigzags but always ends where it needs to or do you think that you end wherever your life like because if your life's planned off out you're supposed to end where you're supposed to end but if you don't then is it really planned out okay i get what you're saying now i i can see that like basically everything in between is is up in the air but beginning to like the beginning of the end is set that's what you're saying is it that's my question like is it uh um i i think so like i think your your end it's gonna happen the way it was supposed to one way or another no matter what happened but then here's my question. Uh-huh. So like for the people who shoot up schools and stuff, were those kids supposed to die then? See, it gets, it gets crazy. That's a, that's a hard question. And I definitely don't say this with any kind of like evilness or hatred or malice in my heart or anything like that. But like, yes. again, everything happens for a reason. Like, so my mom used to tell me that she thinks, she thought that so god has a plan for everyone but but people have free will so sometimes you can take yourself off that plan but god will always try to get you back with different forks you know he'll always give you an option back to that line so like say you start where you're needed to go and you keep going left instead of going straight god will always try to get you to go right to go back to like the straight line you know right but some people um some people like God will always try to keep you on your line, but some people take themselves off and then some people take some other people off. So like people who shoot up schools, people who shoot up concerts and everything. So a big an, a, an example of this would be like, uh, say someone's life ends early in a car crash, right? Then a fork in the road happens for all their family members and everyone who loves them, all their friends and everything. But that fork, like, is obviously something's different. That fork is God. They can choose the path to keep them on that God wants them on, or they can choose the path that the devil wants them on, you know? Right. Basically. So that's what my mom always said. She said, God has a plan for you, but you still have, people still have free will, you know? Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? Um, there's, there's something that I used to get told from like my grandparents. It was, I'm not in control of what's going to happen but I'm in control of what I do. And that confused me until I got older. So somebody shooting up a school, those people that lost their lives, like you, yes, they could have lived great lives and been fruitful and all of that, but you never know if, again, I'm not saying that that was the best thing that could have happened, but anything worse could have happened. So you never know what they were being saved from. Right. So I don't think anyone making a decision to do evil and or good is necessarily them thinking, how am I going to get to the end? I don't feel like I answered your question, but I think I might have. We don't have questions here. We just talk. Um, Here's what that gets me into. Then Then the question is, People, the most evil people in the world, pedophiles, 
people who serial killers, Hitler, were they destined to be evil? You kind of have to ask yourself the question, is there really a such thing as good and evil? Like, to that person committing that thing that you're perceiving as evil, they, they are doing it because they believe it. Like, in their eyes, that's not evil. So it's really, you have to ask yourself, is there really such thing as good and evil? So I just got into this on my podcast that's dropping on Tuesday with Michael Cogshaw's lawyer at Gillux Associates in Nevada. Everyone check it out. But actually, it will be out So when this one comes out. So everyone go back and listen to it. Okay. Um, but we were saying that, uh, the whole thing that I was talking about with him was that you can rationality and morality, like being moral and being rational are two different things. Mm -hmm. They are not connected at all because and the example I gave was because you can easily rationalize immoral acts just as easy as you can rationalize moral acts, but not, you know what I mean? Right. So like yeah. the example I gave was, it was it could have been rational this is actually a jordan peterson argument it could have been rational to um not hide jews during world war ii in germany you know that could have been rational but immoral right and something that's irrational but but moral that would be irrational but no It'd be irrational to, but moral to keep um, Jews safe during World War II in Germany. It's right. irrational, but moral. So therefore, there is a split between rationality and morality, which means that there, it gets tricky when we talk about good versus evil, because if there is good and right. God is all good, there must be all bad because naturally there's opposites. Mm -hmm. So if you don't believe in if you don't believe in good and evil, does that mean there couldn't be a god, right? Right. Um, I I'm not necessarily saying that, but I'm saying we can't even really call God good or evil. God damn it! Now we're in a metaphysical state. What do you mean by that? I, I'm saying you you can't. Everybody commits acts in a fashion where they're doing it because that's what they believe is right. So God doing what he believes is right. It's not right for everyone, but it's what he believes is right. But isn't that, isn't that the distinguishing feature of what God is? Isn't God someone who's all good doing things for all good of all people, right? To... Like, what am I trying to say? And in what person's like perspective, though? Like, it's all about perspective. It really yeah. is. But in his perspective. Yeah, I mean, I'm not arguing the point that God. Oh, I know what you're saying. You're saying yeah. that you're saying that in the perspective of people, what God wants may not be rational and good. Exactly. Oh like, that's what I'm shit! Saying. Oh, but he could still be. Okay, then it becomes right and wrong. Then it becomes the distinction between right and wrong. Mm -hmm. So if, if you go from good and you go from moral and rational to good and evil to right and wrong. So therefore, what is right and what is wrong? I don't feel like there is a right or wrong. There just is. 
But okay. But then, all right. See, this you're making me think. Um, that usually doesn't happen. Uh, I usually make everyone else think. So <laughs> if, okay, but if there isn't a right and wrong, why are there law? Why is there law? <coughs> you because could. No, because even murderers know it's not right to murder someone. Right. But that goes back to your morality and ration, uh, rationale. Like, what if that person, I'm saying that's a big answer, what if, but what if that person was murdering them because that person was evil? evil. They were committing acts that was evil to that person, and that is why they killed them, to end that evil in their life, in their perspective. So you're like saying that all different people have all different perspectives and someone might, someone might be evil with the rationality of evil and their moral might be bad. Mm-hmm. Like they might have, okay, like ISIS, right? Right. But that's right. rational to them and that's good to them, but it's evil <laughs> to us. Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like they're doing it because it's not them thinking I'm doing something wrong to this person. They're not even thinking in the other person's mind of why are you doing this to me? They're just acting. So, but there still is a right and a wrong. There is, but you kind of have to blanket that. You can't put it to a specific yeah. person. Then it gets tricky because it's like, this is kind of the argument we're having. You know, we're all humans, but we all disagree on everything. You can't get two people, put them in the same room and identical twins. You can't put them in the same room and get them to agree on nearly anything. You know, right. you give them one subject and they'll argue. Exactly. So it's like, there's no two people who are exactly alike. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and to an extent, that's kind of the argument. That's kind of, you find the person who's closest alike to you and you marry them and you have children with them because that's basically what that is. You know, like you find your person almost, right. but even them, you know, good relationships are not all happy. You know, people argue they're what men, especially, I mean, I'm just going to talk on heterosexual relationships because I've never had a homosexual relationship. So I can't speak on you guys, but I'm saying with a man and a woman, they're two different sexes. They're two different genders. Like, so obviously they're going to disagree about things. Right. Um, there's biological differences between men. a woman. A woman can give birth. A man cannot, you know? Exactly. So there's just differences. So like, obviously they're going to argue. So like, even like your person and you aren't going to be happy all the time. Mm -hmm. Then it comes back to my yin and yang and good and evil and right and wrong and bad and good and all that stuff. And it reminds me and it tells me that there there goes back to the argument. This is the argument for God that since, since humans can choose to be good and choose to be bad, therefore there must be all bad and all good. Because we have the choice to do good things and do bad things. Therefore, there are opposites at the extremes. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Therefore, there is a God. Yes. But what are you defining as a good thing? What are you calling a good thing? A universal good thing. Having a child is a universal good thing. How? Okay. With that. Calling it. Oh, God damn it. Now we're going to talk about. Oh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> you're calling it a good thing. That's a good thing for you and your eyes, your family, but as a whole, for the whole world. Like, you're, you look at, we're overpopulated. 
No, we're not. No, we're not. We're not getting the overpopulation. I do not agree that we are overpopulated. That is not because look, who says we're overpopulated? You know how much land there is in America alone, Africa, that is still not touched that we could have people on? We're not overpopulated. Cities might be a little crowded, but move out of the city. No one's making you live in Los Angeles. You have to think of it like inhabitable land. There's land for sure, but inhabitable land. Land there is so can. much inhabitable land, even in the middle of California, eastern Oregon, eastern Washington, Idaho, Montana, the Dakotas, bro. There's so much inhabitable land. It's just people want to live on the coast. Very true. There, Canada, you think people live in Canada? I don't think so. I think Canada is a myth. I've never been to Canada. So. Who's been to Canada? You know? <laughs> I've never been to Why Canada. Why are they so nice? <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah, I've never been there. See, there's but, so much in how to land. So I don't, I don't bite on the overcrowded argument. I can bite on the abortion argument. Because I, I thought that's what we were getting to. Because it's like, whose choice is it? You know, and then rape and all that stuff. So maybe having a child isn't a universal good thing. But there are universal goods. Not killing someone when you could is a universal good, I would say. Okay, that, yeah. Because for you to take someone else's life, that's, that's not on you. But... If they're trying to kill you, and then it becomes wishy-washy. Exactly. Like, it's it's good for you to preserve your life, but it's also not good for you to be taking another. I haven't thought about it before, so thank you for making me think about maybe there is nothing. Maybe there is nothing absolute in this world. It just is. There, Yeah, there just is things. Yeah, that's honestly, I've never thought about that before. That's a very philosophical argument. I'm a very philosophical person, so for you making me think that, that's it's interesting because – to me, it's like, I've always thought there's a right and a wrong way to act. And that might be true. But who's to say my right and your right are the same thing? Exactly. It just is. That's a good, that's a good, way, of, good way of thinking, honestly. Are you excited for basketball to return? Are you a big basketball guy? Honestly, I'm going to be real with you. I just started paying attention to basketball this past year. Like, really? Yeah. Um, not really, not yet. I I'm a big Luka Doncic fan though. Like he he got me hyped to watch basketball. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty good. Um, who do I like that plays basketball? I'm excited to see Lamelo in the league. Mm. Oh Zion, Zion's my dog. <laughs> I was a big LeBron fan. I still am. But Zion, bro, I'm about to get a Zion Williamson Pelicans jersey. I'm about to be a Pelicans fan until he comes to. The Las Vegas Spurs in 20 years. Right. Whenever there's a Las Vegas team. It'll happen soon. I think so. Uh, I think with the Raiders and uh, shout out Zay Jones, I met him. Um, it's crazy. Um, and Trent Siege, the long snapper, I met him too. Um, I think what the Raiders and the Golden Knights have shown the Las Vegas market and everything that Las Vegas is a good market for teams. Like we really build around these teams. Like obviously I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, born and raised, but I root for the Raiders. I root for Las Vegas. That's right. my home. That's my home, my native land. I will live and die by Las Vegas. You have to, bro. <laughs> um, are you a big football fan? Um, I really got into football when I started playing. Before then, I didn't really pay much attention to sports, to be totally honest. I love football. It's literally the greatest sport on the face of the earth. I, I do agree with you. That and rugby. Rugby is fun, too. I've never really watched rugby, though. I've watched you guys play, or, like, mm-hmm. the um, Pacific team, but I've never seen – I've never really, like, 
watch the game. What is rugby? Like, okay, I know some of the rules, but like, how would you describe rugby? I'm probably the last person, but uh, I would say it's a mix of football and soccer with, yeah, basically just a mix of football and soccer. Like there's, of course, no pads, but you're running the whole game. You're switching between offense and defense, like pretty frequently. So I could, I feel like that's the easiest comparison, at least in my, in my opinion. What I found crazy is that it has less injuries than football for sure. Right. You know what I mean? And there's no pads. So you would, you have to wonder like, are the pads really helping or are they hurting? I think they help. I, I, I feel like to a point, cause it's, it's a, it's a mental thing. Like I hate to equate it to this, but even like in Europe, there's no speed limits on the Autobots. They have less accidents than we do here with speed limits. So I feel like it's, adding that restriction and making you think more is what causes the injury. Yeah. I, I was, I was tripping one day, not actually tripping off, like off like shrooms or anything, but I was tripping cause I was driving one day and mm-hmm. I was thinking about how crazy it is that we just have like police officers driving around, like giving people tickets and stuff like enforcing right. law. Like I thought that was so crazy. The fact that they just have vehicles <laughs> like they just drive around like, that was so crazy and like there's like it, there's a universal just heart drop every time you see a cop whether or not you're doing anything bad right you know there's just a universal just heart drop like fuck and when they get behind you there's nothing like it yeah there's nothing like a, every single person unless you're a psychopath when a cop gets behind you you're like fuck you start your palms start sweating you're like god damn it <laughs> god yeah. damn it do i have anything in this car when am i going <laughs> How fast am I supposed to go? Three over? Okay. And then just keep looking back. You're not even looking at the road at this point. You're only looking at the cop. Exactly. Just waiting on them to turn the lights on. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> and then they turn the lights on, and you're like, fuck! <laughs> Slap the steering wheel. <laughs> the worst is when you don't know what you did, and you're like, God damn it, what the hell did I do? If you're speeding, you're like, fuck, you know, but you knew what you did. Right. But if they just get behind you, and you're going the speed limit, and they just go, whoop, whoop, you're like, God, what did I do this time? <laughs> Funny thing about getting pulled over, uh, it's kind of sad, but from a young age, like, I was taught when I get pulled over, turn on my hazards, put my hands on the steering wheel. I'm like, why am I throwing myself into complete, like, like a dismissive, or not, but... Um, yeah, submissive. Yeah, a submissive state for them. Like, what, why am I doing that? Why do I have to do that? Like, but it, it, it's helped. It's helped me in every situation that I've been in, but the fact that I have to do that, like, it, Crazy story. Um, I was freshman year of college. Um, I don't know. I still to this day don't know if this guy had uh, his license or not, but I digress. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to throw him under the bus, but we were driving our other friend's truck and it was, we were, everyone in the car was, could not drive and except for the driver. He was driving our friend's truck who wasn't even with us. I think we went and got food. Okay. And he gets pulled over because he didn't have his lights on. And the, the cop goes, I pulled you over because you didn't have your lights on. I was sure you're drunk. He's like, no, everyone like he, he's like, I'm not drunk. I'm just trying to drive these guys home safe. He handed the officer his Pacific ID, not even a driver's license, his Pacific ID. 
And he was like, all right, I got to get back, but you guys are good. Just drive safe. Turn your lights on. And I was like, what? <laughs> got off scot-free. Guy, didn't, guy was driving with his lights off. Didn't have anything. It, just because he wasn't drunk on a, on the, and he let us go. That's crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, it was insane. It was one of those times I was like, just like in awe. I was like, I've never seen that before. I, I literally thought we were going, like he was getting arrested. Right. That uh, reminds me of this one time I got pulled over in Washington uh, on I-5. So I used to drive a black BMW, you know, they have halos and stuff. So I just kept my fog lights on to turn on my halos. Um, driving down the five, everybody else in the car is asleep. It's like maybe two o'clock in the morning, right? Um, cop pulls me over, of course, because my headlights are off. And he's like asking me a hell of questions, but he sees that everyone else is in the uh, car sleeping. So I'm sitting there tripping like, what, what's about to happen? He asked me to get out the car. I was like, oh. I stand outside. He started asking me questions like, where are you guys coming from? All this and that. I'm like, uh, you know, just trying to bullshit him and shit. Then nothing got, him, uh, nothing got him off my back until I told him I played football at Pacific. He's like, oh, you, you're a college football player? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, man, I used to, pay at, uh, used to play at PLU. So that was like the connection. Then he started talking shit. It was just like, all right, man, you guys get safe. Make sure you turn your headlights on. Like, don't be driving too late. I'm like, all right, man, I'll see you later. Like, all of that. So. Yeah, it was funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, it, it cops are weird like that. Some of them are super cool, and some of them are just douchebags, man. <laughs> like, right. I mean, that's that's in any that's in any like career path, but like, God, bro, there's you, you're giving a guy a gun who's just some like a cocksucker, you know? Like, <laughs> bro, like you're letting this guy like like they need to be trained more. No, like no way that that fat guy getting a donut on a motorcycle should be fucking looking at me every time I drive by him with just with a stank face. Like I'll slap you, bro. Get, right. Bro, go, go scare me a little bit. Like if you didn't have your gun, bro, you'd just be another fat guy. Like now granted, there are a lot of awesome police officers. One of my, my cousins is a police officer and there are a lot of people who are fit, but I'm just saying like, there are a lot who are not, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's in any work, but like that shouldn't, they are supposed to be enforcing law. They should not, we should not have bad fish <laughs> in that pond. <laughs> that's like, that's like, all right, you know what? We're going to give this pond, we're going to, we're going to have a pond of sharks, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to have a pond of sharks and people are allowed to swim here, right? Right. right? We, we tame them. They're only going to bite when they're getting attacked, Right. <laughs> except 50% of them attack all the time. And it's like, well, who's going to fucking swim in that pond? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's going to swim in that pond. That's who. And that's kind of what our police force is. You just let the, 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 the shitty guy who couldn't even be a PE teacher go work, have a gun on him all day long. Like, what? Get, I think they work like – I think they have like 72 hours of training. Like, they should be training like once a week, twice a week on how to like calm situations down and stuff. Like – right. Yeah, it's a complex they have, bro. That's all it is. And they like, dude, the amount of racist of people who are allowed to be are allowed to be cops blows my mind. Like, obviously there are racist people, and that's not going to go away for a long time. <laughs> but like the the fact, like that should be one of the questions. Have you ever seen a black person and thought I should like I don't like them, you know, because of the color of skin? That should be a question on the test because mm -hmm. I don't think they ask people if they're racist. You know, right. like they're just like, all right, here's a gun, go, go do your thing. It's like. All right, dude. Are you racist? If you're racist, yeah, let's get you out of here. You know, there's got to be like a racist test or something, especially <laughs> in that. Like, because, like, dude, like, I mean, not all cops are racist. And 
But there are account. Like we're seeing it. There are countless numbers of police officers who are racist. Why are they police officers? I mean, it's kind of hard. I feel like because they could easily claim the discrimination if they were denied the job because of that. I don't know how how truthful that is, but I'm yeah. just, that's just my thinking. That's just my yeah. thinking on it. I just think that for pe- there should be a strict set of rules for people who are enforcing law. <laughs> Whether or not it has to do anything with like not be don't let not let someone in because of their race, obviously, right. but you shouldn't let someone in because they discriminate based on race. Mm-hmm. Have you had ever had any any inclination to think another race was defer, um, inferior than yours? You know that should be a question, and obviously right. it's most of them. If they are racist, I'm not going to answer it truthfully. But I'm just saying, like that, we should make sure that they have to do, they have to like work out and stuff. They have mm-hmm. to be fit. You know, they have to know how to calm things down. They have to know the psychological of of criminals and things like that. You know, like the fact that we just like let people have a it's the it's the same thing that pisses me off about the president it's like why do you have to have a degree to be a lawyer doctor because those jobs matter you know why don't you need a degree to be a politician interesting question why don't you need to get like a degree in like leadership or like social work or social or political science you know something you should need to have like a set of years in school learning about the history of the way the constitution works. dude like that doesn't make sense to me it does not make sense to me how you can have a strict set of rules for like some jobs and none for some like that are important you know right i feel like it's just who's running who's running the show who needs the least amount of eyes on them where can the most corruption happen I didn't mean to get this political, but dude, nah, that's cool, it's bro. not even really, it's not even really political though. It's just kind of not true. Like just me spitting rants because it just boggles my mind how like we just get, we get so more advanced in everything and then we just let things slide, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For no reason. For no reason. Just because we have to. <laughs> like. Bro, I'm done with these old people, bro. I'm done with them. Like, just like, not that I like, we need like eugenics and everything, but <laughs> I'm done like with them being like in the house, like in the, like, why don't we have a term limit in Senate in the house? You know, they can just keep running. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Right. They haven't done anything for 40 years. Get them out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, imagine if you had a CEO of a company who hadn't brought in money in 40 years, that guy wouldn't be there for two years, let alone 40. <laughs> Let alone a business, like a manager of the company. Like, it's invisible so foot, bro. Invisible foot. Leadership positions, bro. The um, it's because, a big part of it is because no one, good leaders don't want to be leaders, you know? Good leaders become leaders. Right. George Washington denied being the president. Like, he was like, I don't want to be president. And he, they, they elected him twice. And he's like, all right, I'm done now. They're like, run again. He's like, no, two years is it. <laughs> that guy did not want to do it. And he was a great leader. Right. It's because people who are good leaders and who, who are smart and, intel- and, and um, wise and everything, they, they know that corruptness comes with the top, you know? Mm-hmm. So. All right, well, Dolan, I think that was a good conversation. I would say so. 
thanks for coming on, man. I had a, I, it was very fun. We talked about a lot. We talked about a lot. Yeah, we did, man. I appreciate you having me on for real. Yeah. Sorry for ranting at the end. Oh, no, man. It's cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, we'll definitely have to kick it when I'm back in Oregon and everything. Did you guys enjoy episode 31? Yeah, I know you did. Make sure you subscribe to the best new host in podcasting show, The Call on Demand's Answer Show, every Tuesday and Friday. If you guys want to stay up to date with The Call on Demand's Answer Show, outside of subscribing to it, make sure you subscribe to me on Instagram and Twitter at Call on Demand's. And as always, stay demand.